0: What's up guys, it's Mike and Kat and we are back for another episode of RL Talks and today we are talking about everything you need to know about tracking your food. Now, This is a really common question we get amongst clients, friends, people who just kind of follow us casually Um, but tracking, we're going to go a little bit more in depth into just plugging into MyFitnessPal and seeing where it goes. I'm going to break this down a little bit further so it's easy to digest and really get to know what you're putting into your body, how you're feeling your performance, and how to really go around the nuances and the roadblocks that come with food tracking. So with that said, let's get into it.
1: Hello friends I am so happy to get to chat with you guys this week we've kind of been putting this episode off for a while it's been on our to-do list I know we've talked about it it's just a really big episode there's a lot that goes into this and I think there's so much more than people think because I think when people think food tracking they automatically go to my fitness pal and having to scan all your food and hitting your macros and it just it's a lot there's a lot to unpack with this And I want to start off by saying food tracking, macro tracking, MyFitnessPal, is not necessarily a beginner step.
0: No, there's a lot more that goes into it and this topic actually stresses me out. That's why I traded coffee for a beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, so we're gonna talk about quite a few things here. We're gonna talk about why food tracking works, why it's hard, um, some different strategies, how we currently are tracking, and we're going to throw in a couple, like, tips and tricks and hacks at the end here.
0: Oh, goodness. It's just going to be a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And, I mean, speaking from, like, someone who has worked with multiple coaches in the past and, like, my goal was strength. Like, I went everything from, you know, here's your food. Like, here's your here's your meal plan. Um, follow these calories. Hit your calorie goal. To eat whatever you want because you're just wanting to put on size and strength. And, like, there needs to be a happy medium in there. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be co- quite convoluted. But um, I'm really glad we're talking about this because I know as a beginner myself, like, way back when, like, this was so hard to digest. Like, yeah. again, like, like you touched upon in other episodes, like, knowing the why is super important. And knowing how to track, when to track, what to track, like, also becomes very, very important.
1: Yeah. So let's start with that. Let's start with, like, why tracking works. And I, it's, it's hard to digest, but, like, so tracking your food is the most accurate way to figure out how much you're eating. Full stop. And when I say most accurate, I don't mean it is, like, perfect way to track because there is no way to perfectly track your food it's just realistically numbers that are kind of sort of made up that make sense some scientists once upon a time said this is how many calories it takes to burn your protein so we're going to make that the calorie of this chicken breast and so it's not accurate it's not a hundred percent
0: yeah and i mean so many things go into like what like how many calories are in a food like its general, like, organic composition, like, how it's processed, the type of food, where it's grown even, like, all these things, or where it's raised, sorry, all these things, like, factor into how many calories, like, they they basically just funnel into, like, a certain percentile and, like, average it out and say, well, it's about this, right? But, like, there's no real way to accurately calculate unless you, like, take that, a certain ingredient and take it to a lab and figure it the fuck out. Yeah, like, it has
1: to be like even when it comes to burning calories, like this is why like fitness trackers aren't super accurate because it has to, like in order to accurately determine how many calories you've burned and how many calories you're eating, like, it needs to be in the most controlled environment. So we're just gonna start off with that. But um But that is why macro tracking works or food tracking works is because it gives you the best breakdown of how many calories you are intaking with the idea being that you are also being conscious of how much calories you are burning. So again, it's not super accurate no matter what fitness tracker you use. Like this is all just like generalized. But if it's, if you are really getting to the point where you're serious about your food, you have a general grasp on good food sources, good food types, like, whole foods versus soul foods, lean protein sources, um, saturated versus non-saturated fats, your, like, all your different carbs, like, once you have it, like, that's, these are all the things that you have to think about when it comes to tracking, like, these are all things to take into account, so for a beginner to just dive into food tracking, no fucking shit, you get overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, there's so many fucking rules.
0: There's so many factors, and it almost becomes, like, a paralysis by analysis situation, like, I know, like, we said that calories are an estimate, a good estimate at that. Mm-hmm. But then they start, like, as a beginner, you know, you start, like, trying to break it apart. Like, yeah. the difference between 110 grams of chicken and 111 grams of chicken is not going to make a big fucking difference at the end of the day. But you want to be so accurate. Regardless, like, this is going to take all these nuances and break it down something easy to digest and at the end of the day if you take away nothing from this take away that this is a really good estimate and if you want if you have a certain goal you know by tracking your food like it's a good estimate nonetheless you'll get the results you you're looking for
1: yeah and the other reason why this works is like once you figure out what your numbers actually look like and like typically when you start tracking your macros you are going to start by finding your maintenance calories so that is how many calories you can eat on a regular day to day for you whatever that looks like without gaining or losing weight so typically you're going to start off by tracking for like at least a week if not two to three weeks to get a really good idea of what you're already eating and where that leaves you so it's going to without even paying attention to the numbers without giving a shit about your calories without giving a shit about your macros if you just like start tracking your food then you build that maintenance and you'll realize or you, you'll figure out your maintenance you'll figure out like hey I'm actually eating in a calorie surplus which is why I'm gaining weight or I'm eating in a calorie deficit or maybe you're eating in a mix of both and like some days are better than others but this is going to give you your baseline because you are able to be accurate with it but it comes with having to actually put everything in but then once you figure out your maintenance it is easy to manipulate that to figure out what you need to be in a surplus or in a deficit, depending on what your goals are. So it gives you the, like a really good estimate of where you are and it shows you where you want to go. So that's why this works. That's why, and the other thing that comes into this is the consistency part of it. Like Mike, you just said, like it gives you a good estimate and like one or two grams here or there isn't really going to matter. And that's true because again, it is an estimate. And it gives you the ability to, like, have that fluctuation. Yeah. I was going somewhere completely different with that, and I lost it. But it's fine. It'll come back. It'll be a random cat-squirrel moment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, by, even if you have, like, that little bit of leeway one way or the other, like, it still gives you, like, a really good baseline of where where you're currently sitting and where you want to be going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and... We're going to throw a lot of science into this because I feel like it needs to be said like there's a bunch of coaches out there in fact I just saw yesterday like why aren't you why you aren't losing weight and while you're in a caloric deficit and like the only thing that could come to mind was like science doesn't lie <laughs> like physics doesn't lie thermodynamics is still a thing like just because of hormones and this and that like it changes very little so we're going to focus more on the numbers we're going to focus on the calories uh, we're gonna focus on like what to track, but at the end of the day, realize like if you're not losing weight, probably you're not in a caloric deficit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're not gaining weight, you're probably not in a caloric surplus. Um, and I mean, again, it's it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but at the end of the day, there are some constants. Keep that in mind. Put a pin in it. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. Um, so when it comes to you tracking your macros, like let's let's back up a little bit here. So when we talk about food tracking, we are talking about actually figuring out how much food you're eating in the sense that you are either weighing it out or you're using the package um, for their suggested food portion sizes. You're using hand portions, whatever that may be, and we can break it down even simpler to just simply just food choices. Like if that's like there's, we're gonna get into like the different strategies you can mm-hmm. do to like be food tracking, and but at the the goal of this conversation is to enlighten you on the different ways that you can go about that without overwhelming yourself. So yes, there are different strategies to this, but when we're talking about like macro tracking, it's tracking your calories and the breakdown of how much protein, carbs, and fats that you're getting in there. If you want to throw fiber in there too, like that's awesome. We're here for that. So by tracking not only how much you're eating, but also what you are filling that amount with, you are going to be able to control your either calorie surplus or calorie deficit or maintenance, if, even if that's where you want to chill at. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about why it's hard. This is the biggest uh, thing. This, uh, this is the big. <laughs> this, this almost the, scares me. Yeah, this is a
0: big <laughs> hurdle for me. Like, food tracking is hard. Um, and I'll just put my personal experience into this. Uh, this is not to speak for everybody else. But food tracking is hard for me because, A, it takes time. Like if you want to be if you want to be accurate, like I know we say it's an estimate, but if you want to be accurate and you want to really hit those macros, um, again your fats, proteins, carbs, it takes time to really weigh out your food, portion it, um, you know, accurately, and have that meal ready to go. Like that takes time. Another thing to do is like it's an extra step in my day, and I like for me that's kind of frustrating. Like in my mind, unless it's something that I'm Super um, focus on like, I don't need to add extra steps in my day. <laughs> like currently studying, like my focus is studying, and I plan for that. And if something else kind of throws a wrench in that plan, or it's an extra step I have to add to that plan, at, I get frustrated, and I like just want to be like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm just, I just want to order
1: takeout. Like <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, time is definitely the biggest thing, and that's where people get a al- get overwhelmed. Um, it's like building that habit and routine into your day. And in order to be successful with tracking, you have to be consistent with it. Like, that's the biggest thing. That is that is the biggest and hardest thing is you have to be consistent with macro tracking in order for it to be beneficial to you. You don't necessarily have to track every single meal every single day, but you do have to, like, track, like, at least 80% of the time in order yep. for these numbers to even mean anything. Otherwise, you are just, like, throwing this extra step into your day on, like, days one two and seven out of your week and it's and it's fucking pointless like you have to give yourself a good estimate of of what's happening and especially if you're like us for example like our day shifts versus night shifts versus days off those all look completely different
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is why the consistency is so important to us if you are one of those people that like has the exact same schedule Monday to Friday um but your weekends are going to look different like those things still matter, like that weekend, and this is where people often get lost, is like that Monday to Friday, they can track fine, because they have a typical schedule, and it's easy enough to fit into the routine, but then weekend warriors show up, and it's like a fucking free-for-all, and you lose it all, this is also where people ruin their quote-unquote diet,
0: because
1: (laughs) it's out of routine, so yeah, yeah, macro tracking, you have to do every single day, and you have to do it with the large majority of your meals, but that's part of it, and Part of it too is like getting over that guilt factor when you like put something in you're like oh I blew my macros today or oh I blew my calories today or like anything that goes like anything that throws it off balance you have that guilt factor of like I don't want to put in the fact that I ate a pint of ice cream today but in the grand scheme of things it actually can be broken down more into like what your uh values throughout the entire week look like versus just like on a day to day because it really is a ca- a compound situation. You are adding on day to day. So that weekend shit matters. You can yeah. be perfect for 5 days, but if you are eating in a calorie deficit for 5 days and then you're eating in a massive surplus on the weekends, like you're fucked. You fu- it's yeah. it's it's not going to get you anywhere. So consistency is hard, the time is hard. It also takes planning. Yeah. You have to fucking plan for this shit. Like Whether it's, like, your meal prep or just figuring out, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner or even just having a general idea of what your weekend is going to look like. Like, all, like, you start, everything starts to evolve around food and this is where people get, like, obsessed with it. Yeah. Which isn't healthy either.
0: Yeah. Um, When you are, when you are tracking and you automatically go to, like, basically planning your entire food catalog for the next... Seven days, the next, you know, eighteen hours that you're awake, and you become obsessing over you. You start obsessing over it. There is a bit of an issue because now be, you're more food focused than you are focused on other priorities in life, like social interactions, uh, relationships, things like that. And as a beginner, like for competitors, absolutely, it makes sense. You have a goal. You want to. You want to. You want to be the best. You want to have the edge over your competition. Your your life revolves around that that catalog, that menu, your training, your recovery, all that shit. But when you're just a beginner, you can't just be so fixated on your food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Having, and I know we're gonna talk about this later, but stepping out of I don't want to call it out of balance, but like stepping away from your from your quote-unquote diet for one day or one meal it's not gonna make a big fucking issue <laughs> like it's not a big issue
1: yeah and this is where it gets so dicey is like finding that balance between being completely obsessed with your food and not giving a fuck about your food like yeah. just having the like fuck it mentality because Absolutely. it got a little bit hard and this is where we see like people fail time and time again is They'll be really good for however long and then like a social interaction will come up and then that fucking mentality comes in and then you just don't get back on track because you're overwhelmed with that guilt. So I'm not, we're not bashing food tracking. That's not the purpose of this conversation. We're just trying to be realistic and if nothing else, we're trying to inform you of some of the emotions that you're going to go through. Yeah. Because we've all been through these emotions. Anyone who has tracked has been through these emotions. So we're just acknowledging some of these things. I know it sounds a little bit like we're like, we're, like, having a bit of a hate on for food tracking. We're really not. We actually, like, we're going to get to the part of how we food track and our experiences with food tracking. Like, but we just want to make sure that you are aware that it does come with time and effort and frustration and guilt and and, and it's all okay.
0: Yeah. It's part of this journey. It's it's acknowledging it without having to completely unpack your bags and live in there. Yes. And we're also not saying, like, food tracking is the devil we do it. Yeah. So it would be hypocritical for us to be like food tracking sucks, don't do it. Yeah. And I and I, I again, we're going to probably talk on this a little bit later, but this is why I have issues with stuff like intuitive eating or um you know, just kind of diving into those soul foods like feeding your soul sort of thing because like there there are issues here. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're looking for the longevity, the health, the wellness of people and food tracking, while you may not do it, for the rest of your life, it might just be a, a a portion of it. It might just be a portion of the journey that you're going on right now. It is a very important step. Yeah. Just agno- let's let's acknowledge that. Like food tracking is very important because it sets the foundation for wherever you want to go from there. Yeah, totally. So I, we're definitely not bashing it.
1: And I do this with my clients. It's actually the first step that I do with every single one of my clients is I get my clients to do a food journal for seven days and every fucking time I get a groan. And I know that, and I know it's Mm going to happen because I know I'm asking a lot, but it's going to, the reason that I do it is because it gives me insight as to what foods they are typically eating, Mm -hmm. what foods they are drawn to, even if they don't weigh out. Like I don't ask everybody to like be like fill out my fitness pal seven days a week. Like even if they simply are just writing down what they're eating, like it gives me a general idea of the amount of food that they're eating, what times of day they're eating, like all of these things actually matter, especially when it comes to food tracking. Because if you are tracking your food and you're limiting your intake because you're trying to hit certain numbers, I want to make sure as a coach that you are satisfied with your food choices. You are satisfied with the amount of food that you're eating. You're satisfied throughout the entire day. You, I don't want you going through these giant gaps in your day where you're like fucking starving and you're so angry at me because I haven't fed you all day. Like, yeah. There's so much more that goes into this. Yeah.
0: The, the purpose of a food journal is not to be hypercritical or no. op- expose yourself up to judgment. The purpose of a food journal is to just give, a, especially as coaches, from a coaching perspective, the purpose of a food journal is for us not to look at it and be like, you're shit. Like, no. What, oh, you're no. garbage. Like The purpose of, for us to see it is be like, okay, this is what you eat. This is your go-to food choices. How can we help manipulate this? I, think, I feel like that's a bad word. But like, how can we help manipulate this so that you are enjoying these flavors but still staying on track? Or how, what things can we eliminate that are absolutely setting you back and help you progress towards your goals? It gives us a chance to be like, how do you feel after eating this? Do you feel completely overstuffed or do you feel underfed? Right? The purpose of food journal is not for us to judge you from a coaching perspective. The purpose of a food journal is just seeing where we are starting off from and where we need to go.
1: And I, I think manipulate is the perfect word for it because at, at the end of the day, that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. We are manipulating your food amount as well as your food sources yeah. to make sure that, like you said, you are satisfied in the foods that you are eating, but you are also in line with your goals. Yeah. And it comes with a little bit of sacrifice, yeah. unfortunately. And, and, and if you're
0: a client or you're just someone who is just trying to figure this out on your own, like a food journal is a really good outside view to be introspective and be like, what what things can I cut out and what things do I need to work on? Yeah. You don't need to be hypercritical of yourself. You don't need to look at it and be like, I fucking failed. You just need to look at it and be like, okay.
1: Where is it, there space to improve?
0: Where's Where is there room for improvement? Yeah. Like, and that could go either way. Do I need to, like, eat a little bit less, eat a little bit more? Do I need to cut out more of these sugars, more of these refined sugars? Do I need to add in more fiber? It's so many things, so, so many things. Like, from a coaching perspective, it helps us build a roadmap. From a personal perspective, it just helps you be a little bit more introspective. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we lack as clients, as athletes, as whatever, is introspection, right? We are more, we're more, we're more likely to be hypercritical of ourselves than just introspective and figure out what do I need to fix.
1: And this is why meal plans are such a big hit, is because you don't have to be introspective about it. You're simply following what someone else has told you to do. So you don't actually have to make any of these decisions for yourself. You're like, this is what I've been told to do, so this is why I have to do it. So if you are doing this on your own, you have to... Hold yourself accountable to these things and again then that's where it gets hard too is like now you have to hold yourself accountable like if you have tracked all day and you're you are craving that ice cream like nobody's business and either you have to figure out do I have space for this do I have to find another alternative that is going to fit my craving um or do I not have space for this and then you have to weigh out like what do I want more right now? Do I want to s- stay more aligned with my goals? Or do I need to do a little bit of emotional eating just to get me through this day? Not saying one is better than the other, just taking that moment to be aware of your choices. Mm-hmm. So, um, back, just backtracking real quick before it loses my brain as to another reason why this is hard and another place that people fail, is in that factoring in foods that you can't really like weigh, like whether that is like going for an ice cream or going out for a burger, or you're going out for drinks with the girls, or like just like those foods that you don't have control of. And that sends people into a spiral as well. They're yeah. like, well, I don't know how many calories or what the macros were of my burger and fries with my side of salad for dinner, so fuck it. And yes, that is hard. It's hard to estimate those things when you have no fucking clue what that portion even looks like. like yeah. it, it, but it gets easier. Yeah. Like you start to understand, you'll have a good idea of like what four ounces start to look like, what an ounce looks like, what a hundred grams looks like. Yeah. And then you kind of like, once you step into that space, because that's a whole other like elevated step is once you start trying to guess your macros, just so you can factor them in, like those things will become easier because you've done the scale in front of you, weighed it all out, yeah. put it on a plate, see what that plate looks like. Um, but that's a whole other step on its own. And it doesn't have to be a fuck it step. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that part in your, in your day or your week or your journey where you're just like, I have no idea how much was in this pizza and I just ate five slices. I don't give a fuck over yeah. it. Yeah.
0: In a way, like, sorry, just trying to find the words, but like in a way, let's look at it. Let, let's take a couple steps back and really open up the picture. If for six days... You've been on point, you've been in your, for instance, you're losing weight, you're on, You're in your caloric deficit, you haven't strayed away from your, from your macros, and you take a couple steps back, and you've realized that you've had all these good meals, and one more decadent meal, at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of your week, that extra thousand calories or whatever that you just put into your body makes... Almost no difference.
1: Well, to a degree. To a degree. And this is where people get carried away. Right. It's that whole, like, well, I had one meal last week and I was totally fine, so I'm going to have two meals this week. And try to, like, push that boundary. And that's
0: exactly it. Like, if you look at it at a week and you say, that meal did, you know, it didn't set me back. Realistically, what you need to do is not just say, fuck it, acknowledge it, you did it, but then get back on track. Yeah. It's not starting again. It's not starting from square one. It's just repeating the steps A through Z. Yeah. All because you did one more decadent meal at the end of the day is not going to make a big difference. But you need to have the accountability and the personal responsibility to get back on track, acknowledge it, but not just say, well, if it's one meal, I'm just not going to worry about it. I can just keep doing this. I'm still doing good. No, acknowledge it and get back on track.
1: Yeah, for sure. Holding yourself accountable, allowing yourself to have that meal, first of all, without any guilt, is also a huge step in this sure. to avoid that, like, completely obsessed with all of these things. Because, as we've said before, like, making sure that our people are still able to enjoy the social gatherings in life because being social is evol- or revolves so much around food. Mm-hmm. Like, we still, you can still enjoy your life while tracking. It doesn't mean it has to be a free-for-all, and it doesn't mean it has to set you back. But you just have to be aware of it. You have to be conscious of it. Give yourself to that. If this is, if you've been A1 for a week, and you're like, I'm going out with the girls, you've planned to go out, yeah. you know it's happening, and you've been A1, that one meal, you can fit that in. Yeah. You can make that work. And that doesn't mean that the next day you have to go to the gym and run on the treadmill for an hour. Oh, God, like. no. So, whew. All right. So let's get into some of the different strategies around this because I think that'll open up this conversation even more because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to actually food track I think the initial conversation of oh you're tracking like you like show me you're my fitness pal yeah and yes that is an entire strategy all on its own my pal, you're tracking your calories you're tracking your protein carbs and fats and your fiber you're weighing everything you are scanning all the boxes like all of these things like it is a accurate representation um it gives you the ability to manipulate your numbers it gives you the visual of like how much space you have left in your day it does all the calculating for you like it's a fact i mean whether it's my fitness pal or what do you use carbon i use
0: chronometer chronometer
1: that's what it is there's tons of different apps out there just totally. my fitness pal is like the most common one that everybody knows about so it is 100 percent a beneficial strategy because it does a lot of the math for you. And a lot of these numbers have already been imp- inputted. This is a space where some people do get overwhelmed because there's so many different options. Yeah. The little life hack I'm gonna give you here, if you are using, say, chicken breast, if, if you if you search chicken breast in MyFitnessPal, you're gonna get 742,000 responses. Pick the same one every time. This goes back into the consistency and the fact that all of this is based on estimation. So just pick the same one every time, yeah. and it'll make this easier for you. That way, when you, because if you compare one chicken breast input to the other chicken breast input, like Sobeys versus Kirkland, yeah, your macro breakdown on those might be different, and at the end of the day, like, it's off by just a couple here and there, and it's just going to frustrate you and overwhelm you. So just use the same one every single time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, going, going off of that, like, from a kitchen perspective, like, Uh, uh, an air chilled like raw chicken breast is different than the stuff that you get like frozen in a box like it's completely different one is actual chicken breast the other one is literally pressed proteins together injected with saline right to puff them up so your 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 macro breakdown your your nutritional value is going to differ a little bit
1: yeah so if it has a box scan the box scan the box if it doesn't Use the same one yeah. every single time. Yeah, exactly. If it
0: doesn't have a barcode and you can't scan it, then just use the same one every single time. For the most part, like especially with these user-based, um, with these user inputted databases, like it's pretty easy to find, a, a reliable source like raw chicken breast. Like, yeah, and you can you can generally look at it and be like, oh yeah, this looks like what I bought.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the other uh, like another strategy that you can use is is a journal. It's simply just like writing. Love it. Like this is like, if you are going to start anywhere when it comes to food tracking, buy a fucking journal. Do not throw yourself into the deep end. If you're already feeling overwhelmed by this, simply start with a journal. And all you're doing is writing down the foods that you ate. That's it. Yep. Like just start there. Like if we're going to break this down into steps, step one is just building this into your routine getting used to the fact that you have to write down or input into your phone. We're talking about that time aspect here. We're talking about that planning aspect here. We're talking about getting used to having this into your routine and having that journal there, just writing down, okay, so for lunch, I had a chicken breast, it had some carrots and cucumber in it, and I had a handful of vermicelli noodles with it. Start there and just write everything down. What it, Even if you did eat that pint of ice cream, write it down. Yeah. The next step in this is you can write down the times that you eat, too. So for breakfast at 7.05, I ate oats, a scoop of protein, peanut butter, berries, chocolate chips, because I'm a whore for chocolate chips. <laughs> um, and then lunch. And, like, this is going to give you an idea of when you typically start to get hungry or what times in your day you are, you have, like, scheduled out to eat. It's going to give you that breakdown, which later when you start to manipulate your calories, this is going to become very important because you want to pay attention to when your body is naturally giving you these hunger cues and you want to make sure that you are not forcing yourself. Like if you don't get hungry until 9am and that fits into your life, you don't want to be scheduling yourself to eat at 6am if you're like actually not out of bed at that point. So these times start to become important. Then you can step it up into the weighing of your food whether that is weighing with a scale or just using the portion sizes off a box. Yeah. Like if you are using, if the box says to use a quarter cup of rice, you write down quarter cup dry rice. Yeah. One chicken breast. You can weigh your chicken breast if you want a tablespoon of olive oil. Like getting used to the weighing and preparation of your foods is the next like part that begins to evolve. And then after that like if your journaling is working and like you want to do all that math yourself have at her but this would be the time that you could switch over to an app because now you're already used to the wing now the next step in that is just paying attention to your numbers because now the numbers come into play notice that every single step I said before this I didn't give a shit about the fucking numbers yeah the numbers didn't matter because we're working on the habit before we're working on overloading ourselves even more with trying to fit this habit into our life And then also stressing about the numbers and Mm -hmm. these are separate steps these can be separate steps
0: which is what gets people all all worked up to begin with is they try to take all these steps in at once without breaking it down into more bite-sized morsels yeah right i need to food journal i need to weigh everything out like yeah if you are prepared for that sure Fill your boots, right? And, like, I am a huge advocate for weighing out your food because I feel like that's the most accurate representation of the calories you're consuming, which will lead you to your goals a little bit better. However, if you're not willing to take that step first, like you said, start with the basics. Build the habit before you level up.
1: Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, A couple of steps when it comes to the actual numbers that you can implement is you can do hand portions. So... Precision Nutrition actually, 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 <laughs> actually, actually, a little life hack here. Precision Nutrition has a like app, website, link thing where you like put in your height and your weight and your age and your gender and how many times a day you eat and blah blah, and it spits out your hand portions for you. Gives you an idea of how much proteins, carbs, and fats you should be eating without having to weigh. This is a new strategy all on its own, which means it's going to come with its own little bumps and roadblocks and mm-hmm. figuring shit out. But if you don't necessarily want to go down the numbers, but you're starting to pay attention to your proteins, carbs, and fats, this is a fantastic place to start. Yeah. And it's all visual, and it's all customized to you in your hand. So you can do that. If you are just getting used to tracking the numbers, even if you just start paying attention to just your calories, putting everything in and just tracking Mm -hmm. your calories. Fuck your numbers. You can start there. You're still weighing. You're still tracking. You're still getting used to your food choices. You're going to start to notice here how different foods have different um, densities when it comes to their calories, and then you'll start playing with it a little bit. Then maybe you start paying attention to your protein and your fiber. This is another really common strategy that people use is just paying attention to protein and fiber because protein is something that we typically don't hit enough, So putting the priority on the protein.
0: And fiber is something we definitely don't hit enough as a society.
1: No, absolutely not. All the processed food eliminates the natural fibers in a lot of the foods that we eat. So paying attention to fiber absolutely is important. And MyFitnessPal and a lot of the other apps are starting to track this. Yeah, 100%. um, Backtracking just a smidgen once again. When it comes to your actual numbers and figuring out what your macros are supposed to look like, there's different equations that you can do for it. There are different, the apps will do it for you. They're like, um, Katie Hearn on her website, like that's another really popular place that people go to figure out their numbers. Like you can go a million different places to figure out what your numbers look like and you can use any of those. As long as you're putting in your height, your weight, your age, your gender, the equation at the end of the day is pretty well the same. There's a couple different variations but it gets you all to the ballpark and then it becomes consistency. Yeah. So if one place is giving you 1,800 calories in a deficit. Another place is giving you two thousand five, like, or 2,050 calories as your deficit, like, whatever that looks like. Like, pick one. Start yeah. to work with it. Give it a couple weeks. And yeah. if it's working, it's working. If it's not, if it's, like, getting you towards your goals, great. If it's not, then you can start to manipulate it. But you have to give this a chance to come into play and, and do its job.
0: Yeah, I would... I might, I might give the nutrition coach here an aneurysm, but I'm going to do it anyway. But, like, even if you even if you don't want to go there, even just setting a benchmark of, you know, 2,000 calories a day, I think is a good starting point for anybody, to be very honest. Just to oversimplify what you just said, too. Like, 2,000 calories, I think anybody could
1: benefit off of that. I, I don't think it's a bad number to give, because at the end of the day, it's going to give you a good baseline. Right? And depending on your goals, like, if you just, like, start with 2,000 calories, like, either it's going to, it's either going to put you in a surplus, into a deficit, or it's going to maintain you, and then it gives you the freedom to manipulate from there. Yeah, So, I'm not going to punch you in the face over that, because I'm just going to tell you how to manipulate around it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but that's the thing, though, like, but regardless, like, even just doing 2,000 calories a day, again, if you're underweight, it'll probably benefit you. Mm -hmm. If you're overweight, it'll probably benefit you. If you're just maintaining... Well, nothing changes, right? Like, it's a good benchmark, and then you can manipulate from there.
1: For sure. Gone are the days where, like, 12,000 calories is the benchmark. Oh,
0: 1,200, you mean?
1: That's what I meant. <laughs> 1,200 calories <laughs> is the benchmark. Because that used to be the thing, right? Oh, yeah. 1,200 calories, that's what everybody was eating to lose weight. And, like, those days are gone. Yeah. If you eat 12,000 calories, you're going to feel a little bit like shit, depending on who you are as a person and your size. 1,200 calories. Fuck's sakes. Whatever. Everybody knows what I mean. Um, But if you... But, yeah, like, and eating 2,000 calories a day, some people are like, oh, my God, 2,000 calories? That sounds like so much. I could never eat that much.
0: Or it sounds like so little.
1: Or it sounds like so little. Like, it is, it's it's a, it's a lot of calories. It's a lot of food to eat. Like, if you were eating it properly, if you were actually yes. breaking that down into good food sources, because, I mean, you can go to McDonald's, and I use McDonald's as a reference because they have their calories on their board. This is nothing against yeah. McDonald's. This is simply you can just see their calories on the board. Absolutely. You can get a meal from McDonald's, and it's going to have 1,600 calories right there in one meal. Yeah. And then that's not taking in your breakfast and your lunch, like if you're having that for dinner, or your your lunch and your dinner, like whatever time you're eating that in. Like 1,600 calories is one McDonald's combo meal.
0: And I think you and I had that conversation not too long ago where I was like, I'm legitimately struggling to get all this food into me. Like, and my calories were like 20, 22, 2400 or something like that. Like, and that's a lot of freaking food. Like if you do single ingredient foods and prepare it yourself, stuff that's not processed, like it is actually a lot of food and it is so satisfying. Like, it is so satiating as long as you do it properly. One of the biggest fears that people have with food tracking is the fact that I'm gonna be hungry at the end of the day. And I totally understand. that. I totally see that. I see where they're coming from. However, if you are filling that those calories with satiating foods, you will never feel hungry.
1: Yeah, and I think um, this is where all of these different contributing factors come in. So if you are if two thousand calories is like where you're sitting, like, Once you get into this and once you figure out what 2,000 calories actually looks like, this is actually where it becomes fun because then you can start to see like, okay, like if I am struggling to hit these 2,000 calories, I can have something that is a little bit more calorie dense that maybe I feel like shouldn't be, or I shouldn't be eating, but I have the space for it. So that's okay. And especially like, and this can go, let's, so let's talk about um, deficit first, like, Once you start to realize what foods actually look like and how they feel and the amounts of that, like, what calories to the actual on your plate looks like, getting that ability to manipulate it, like, okay, I know that um, maybe I need to have, like, a lettuce burger because I don't have room for the carbs, but I'm still going to get my burger in, or you're like, I'm actually super low on carbs today, like, I can have a bun and fries. Hell yeah. Like... It starts to get fun, but it th- that comes after figuring out what this actually starts to look like for you and making sure that, like, you do have it properly spaced out throughout the day. Same with someone who's going into a surplus. Figuring out where you can manipulate your foods to be either more dense or less dense so yeah. that you don't feel like you're a freaking blob all day long because you are taking in so many calories. Like, yeah. there are Like, if you eat... Like, walnuts, for example. Walnuts are so calorically dense. Like, for an ounce of walnuts, it's, like, 200
0: calories, I think. Yeah, it's, like, I think just a little bit over, Yeah. If I remember. Yeah, it's between
1: 2 and 250, for yeah, sure. Yeah, something like that. Which is, like, that's a lot for such yeah. a small amount of food. But if you know, like, you're, you're struggling to hit your fats and you're struggling to get your calories in, starting to find these foods that are a little bit more dense yeah. that actually don't weigh you down... Yeah. Like, if you were trying to eat, I don't know, the equivalent in cheese, like that might be a little bit more heavy versus like walnuts. It's like it's it's less than a handful of walnuts. You throw that in your mouth, it's gonna it's fucking satiating as fuck. Yeah, because there's there's such a small amount. Yeah. Yeah, so you start to play with things. Once you get yeah. a handle on this, you can start to play with it. You can swap things in and out. Yeah. You get, like, I know, like, my favorite thing to swap out when I'm craving ice cream is actually yogurt and, mm-hmm. like, making, like, a sundae out of my yogurt. It's giving me a protein source. It's swapping out some of that carbs. I get everything that I'm craving, but I'm still hitting my numbers. Yeah. I think
0: there's there's some solace in, like, again, there's some solace in ordering that McDonald's burger. Again, just as an example, like, there's some solace in ordering that McDonald's burger. A lot of it be- is because that taste is familiar to us, right? And of course, they load it with the fats and salts and all this other shit. The smell,
1: right? That's the smell. <laughs> but you
0: can get those equally good foods and satiating foods, and manipulate the like how you make it so that you get those flavors that are familiar and keeps you on track.
1: Yeah, we've definitely had this conversation before. We're
0: making fried chicken sandwiches tonight. Oh yeah. But
1: exactly they're marinating in the fridge right now. Exactly. So excited. But
0: that's the thing though, right? It's like I love me a fried chicken sandwich. Like I love me a crispy piece of chicken.
1: I wish you had like a little bit of a twang right now. Right? <laughs> but
0: like could I absolutely go out and Mama, order that?
1: give me my fried chicken
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want some fried chicken.
1: Mama, I want some fried chicken.
0: <laughs> but like I could absolutely go out and order that. Or I could just make it here and i could make it the way i like it yeah and like guys kfc's spice mix is not a big fucking secret you can probably google that shit yeah (laughs) or make your own right make it how you how you would want to flavor but that's the thing is like people go to these more hyper palatable foods because it's familiar not because you actually crave it or because you actually need it Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes we need it but not because you actually need it, but because it's familiar. And it kind of, it touches that part of your soul.
1: It's also, it's a time thing, right? It's it is easy, convenience. It's convenience. Yeah. And getting back onto the food tracking topic of this, like we, we mentioned this, like it comes with, you have to have a plan. You do have to put some time and effort into this. It's part of the journey. Yeah. Your entire journey is based on you putting time and effort into yeah. yourself.
0: But also notice how I didn't say like those boot those those foods, those foods are bad because I don't feel like we need to label good and bad foods. There's just some foods that are better for you. Some are more nutritiously good for you. Other ones feed the soul, but they're not good and bad foods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can have that. You just need to monitor. You need to check yourself. Yeah. You absolutely need to check yourself.
1: Um, so another way, another strategy, I guess you could say, and I... I want to be very clear about this strategy, that this is one that comes with accountability, like making sure that you are not running away with this. Don't give this as a free-for-all. But something that is becoming more and more common is allowing yourself untracked meals.
0: So like intuitive eating? No.
1: Intuitive eating is different for me. Okay. So, And I know you want to touch on that, so maybe... I'm, we'll get there. Now I'm curious as to where you're going with this. No. So I'm talking about just untracked meals. So you are tracking 80% of your day or like 80% of your week and you are slotting in, okay, I'm going to have two meals out this week and I'm just not going to track them because I need these for my mental health. I need this to be social. I'm going to stay 100 for all of these, for every other meal outside of it, but I am going to give myself like these untracked meals. Gotcha. And this is going back to what you were saying before. Like, that one meal isn't going to, like, throw you off. As long as you are dedicating the rest of that time to fill in, to hitting mm-hmm. it, like, yes, it's it's fine. It's it's okay. You are not planning to step on stage. You are not getting ready for a competition. You might be trying to fit into that bikini in Mexico in fucking eight days, but, like, it's okay. Who
0: are you trying to impress? Jesus. <laughs>
1: I just don't want to get confused for a whale.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: (laughs) Listen, I don't get dressed for the boys. I get dressed for the girls. It's Uh a whole entire thing that us girls are going through right now. It's a fucking problem. But anyways, if you believe that you have the ability to hold yourself to that and you know that you're not going to run away with it, this can be a fantastic option for you. It eliminates that panic when it comes to going out and not tracking it. It's okay. Okay. If you slot this in, if you plan for it, this doesn't mean you get to plan fucking eight meals out this week and then track the rest of it. No, 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 Like, you, like, having one or two untracked meals throughout the week, like we've said earlier, the benefits of that outweigh the couple extra calories that you're eating. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that your whole day gets to be a shit show. Yeah. You're still tracking But other meals that you're eating, you're still paying attention, especially when it comes to your protein, making sure that you're getting enough protein in, even if you just hit your protein target for the day, like, but if the stress of takeout or ordering in or whatever restaurant food you're buying, if that stress is going to derail you, give yourself a little bit of leeway here. Yeah.
0: I would say too, like when you say planning for that meal, like having some contingency plans, whether that means maybe cutting some calories in your day or staying on track with those calories, what I will add to, uh, because I get this a lot actually from people, also plan for the amount of bloat and like feeling that you're gonna get after that meal. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real here, a lot of these store bought meals, these takeout restaurant meals, they're loaded with fat and salt, which is going to absorb way more water, and you might get a little bit bloated. Just because you have that one meal doesn't mean you're gonna be kicking yourself because the scale says you're 10 pounds heavier. That's more often than not, literally just water. You did not gain 10 pounds from one meal. I love that it is, you talk about this. Yeah, and I think that's what gets people feeling guilty. It's like, shit, like I just, I did all this work and now I'm 10 pounds heavier. Like, relax. You need to take a deep breath, take a step back. Poop. Take, 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 a, take poop. a Take a giant poop, drink a lot of water to flush all that out of your system. But you didn't gain 10 pounds from just one meal. People don't actually realize how much it takes to gain a whole-ass pound. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it takes a lot of calories to gain that whole pound. Because you had that one meal means you are probably just a little bit more bloated. Don't stress those smaller things.
1: Yeah. Give yourself a few days to bounce back. Like, getting back into alignment with what you were doing, like you said, like, is super important. And like
0: you said, right? Like, just because now that it's in your mind, like, oh, it's just water weight, doesn't mean you get to have that same meal six days this week. It means that one meal is not going to set you back. But be accountable to yourself. Be responsible to yourself. And be able to say no that next time it comes around if you're already kind of off track a little
1: bit. Mm Mm-hmm for sure. The accountability aspect I think is the biggest thing when it comes to the food tracking. Like I think managing the the guilt and the the guilt as well as keeping yourself aligned, like I think those are the two biggest emotions that like come out of this. Um and I think as long as you are conscious of those things and you know that they're going to happen and if you allow yourself to have um that little bit of leeway, like this is going to get easier, especially if you've never tracked before, like give yourself some goddamn grace, people. Holy moly. Yeah. it's If you fuck up, it's fine. Like, yeah. it's all good. You can get back on track. Yeah. Everything that you've learned along the way doesn't just suddenly go out the window. You're not starting from scratch. Like, you, you know what was working for you, what wasn't for, working for you. Like, the amount of reflection that goes in when it comes to paying attention to sure. your foods on this level is so freaking important. And realistically, you are constantly reflecting on this. You are constantly yeah. being like, What foods are making me feel good? What foods are making me blow? What foods are not keeping me safe or keeping me satiated? Do I need to change my meal timing? When is it time to change my calories? Do I need to up my calories? Do I need to decrease my calories? Do I need to increase my movement? Because my my calories are a little bit higher than maybe I'm feeling comfortable with. Like, holy fuck, I could go on and on and on. Have I shit today? How much water have I had? How much salt have I eaten? How
0: much movement have I done today? Even just walking, right?
1: It goes on and on and on and on and on. And like... This, keeping an estimate out of all of these things and recognizing that, the, like, the day-to-day things aren't necessarily what matter. is the accumulation of these things, like, week on week on week on week. Yeah. Whew! Okay. This is a lot. <laughs> I'm so glad we're drinking during this episode because for some reason I just feel like, I feel, like, really under pressure with this. I don't know why this episode Well,
0: you're not- the nutrition coach, so you should be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. I feel like... This is such a big topic that people don't realize how much actually goes into yeah. this.
0: But here here's the thing is like I would be so guilty even if this even if this episode runs a little bit longer than our normal episodes, I'm I don't I don't regret and I don't feel guilty about giving this information and putting it out there because I feel like especially when it comes to nutrition, like fitness, exercise is a whole beast on its own. There's so much bullshit out there, but I feel like the industry of nutrition is filled with such bullshit that I think we do need to unpack all this because people are so overwhelmed, especially coming into this, especially clients that come into us who have never met us before or are just starting off with this journey for the first time. Like, so many people, their their biggest concern is the nutrition side of it because there is so much bullshit out there. And I feel like there's so much we need to unpack. And I joke, but I don't feel like you need to be under pressure. You just need to be very honest and open with people. Regardless of how you think, how you think that opinion might might sound like, because sometimes hard truths are easier to swallow. Hard truths are difficult to say, but they're better absorbed by people. It's better than, you know, giving them this magical formula, this 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 sugar coated lie, and then having them come back and be like, "Well, this shit never worked," <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, you're right. I. I you hear know, you. Yeah, Thanks, and I, coach. Well, <laughs> and,
0: like I feel like as 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 professionals in this industry, like we need to be so cautious with our words, but
1: that's why we made this fucking podcast.
0: Exactly, though. we need to be so cautious with our words. But at the end of the day, this is our opinion. This is stuff we know that works, and this is stuff that deviates away from the social norm of what nutrition culture, no, some nutrition coaches are doing nowadays. But I feel like that's okay. All right. Cool. Let's Thanks, continue coach. on.
1: <laughs> castle breakdown in the middle of the episode <laughs> thanks for holding on to that guys
0: we are not editing this part out this was great
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's talk about how we are currently tracking because our method is actually not aligned with any of the strategies we've talked about like at all and i so when we so our tracking is largely focused on our work days right now our days off Have been so freaking chaotic lately that we're conscious of our food choices we're making sure that we are eating we're making sure there's protein sources it's a little bit more on that intuitive eating side of things we can jump into that if we have time but when it comes to the actual tracking portion side of this so as everybody pretty much knows at this point we make we meal prep two meals for every single workday so we make two meals for four days for the two of us it's like 16 meals it's a shit ton of meals But what we do is we actually track those two meals. So we will portion out everything that we make for our prepped meals. We write it on our little fridge, sticky whiteboard doodle. And we then input that into whatever tracker we're using. You use a different one than I do. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. And then we fill in the rest of our day around those two meals. Because those two are set. Those are already made. We know what the portion sizes of that though are, we know how much carbs are in it, we know how much fats are in it, we know how much protein's in it. We add in like our fucking sauces and shit like that to a point. We're not getting down to like how much garlic powder we put in there. I don't give a shit about that. But then we fill up the rest of our day around it. We fill in our breakfast around it, we fill in our snacks around it, we look at the numbers because because those two meals are set in stone we're eating those every single day we cannot manipulate those those are prepped and packaged and put in the fridge good to go they
0: are non-negotiable those are not
1: those are constants in in yeah. our meals they change week to week which is why we still weigh everything out and mm-hmm. portion everything out week to week um but those are constants and then the rest is we have the ability to manipulate if breakfast needs to be a little bit smaller then we'll adjust the the breakfast. If we not need to add a protein shake yet at the end of the day, then we'll add on a protein shake. It's different every week. It's different day to day, especially like I know for me, I typically don't drink Starbucks coffees on day shift, but on night shifts, there's a good chance I'm getting a Starbucks before shift because it brings me a little bit of joy. So because my two constants are set and I already know what those look like, I actually, I have that ability to swap things in and out because I don't have any other the rest isn't set it gives me some freedom yeah and that's currently how we're tracking
0: yeah um again days off it depends like it very much depends how we track if we track but generally we get a good idea of what we need in our body and what we need to feed ourselves and i mean we generally don't go the route of just order it yeah we treat ourselves but we generally don't go that route if we don't need to
1: yeah our order and days are typically our first day off cuz we're potatoes yeah or our last day because we've spent all day grocery shopping meal prepping and all of the other things so we yeah. do factor those things in keeping the days in between like yeah making trying to make sure we're taking out foods prepping our own foods just like yeah. making meals and dinners and, and stuff like that and
0: the most chaotic part of our week to be very honest is our four days on because Working shift work itself is a pain in the ass. It's a barrier. But working EMS (laughs) is an unpredictable factor. It's that X factor, right? So we need to have some constant to have that contingency plan for if shit does go south, right? Like we get that late call or, you know, we're working a peak truck or whatever that looks like. So we need that constant. peak trucks. Right. But we need that constant to kind of help have that have that controlled variable in a very uncontrolled setting. Days off are a different story. We know, for the most part, where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So we can we have a little bit more leeway there. Yeah. But for as chaotic, especially as shift workers, when your shit is chaotic, you need to have a constant variable to kind of normalize
1: everything. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we're currently doing. So just to kind of round this up, I know this has been so much information it's important information, though, like your little lecture that you had to just give me to like bring me back down. This is important information. It is a lot because there are a lot of different ways to go about this. But some of the tips and tricks and hacks that we live by are as follows. So for me, one of the biggest like game changers that made this easier for me was having consistent foods like mm-hmm. potatoes, rice, rice noodles, Is there anything else? Sweet potatoes. Those are pretty much, like, our staple for carbs when it comes to meal prepping. And And, oats. And oats. Oh, that was the other one. So oats, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, rice noodles, and rice. Those are our staple carbs. Pretty much whenever we make any meal, actually. Like, whether it's prepping or, like, making lunch or dinner at home. Like, having these staple foods has actually made it a lot easier for me. And really all we're doing is, like, manipulating how you cook it or how you season it or what you're pairing it with.
0: Yeah. And the funny th- the, the the funny thing about you mentioning that is that those are four or five? Five. Five staple foods. Five staple carbs that are so versatile. Yeah. There's so much you can do with them.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? You can be super creative with literally a piece of white paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, like And they are they are they are the white paper of carbs. They're just so versatile. There's so many things you can do with it.
1: Yeah, like we have like these staple ingredients and we just manipulate.
0: Potatoes. (laughs) Mash them, fry them, put them in a stew. (laughs) What up, my Lord of the Rings fans?
1: (laughs) 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 All right, you little hobbit. Down, down. Um, But yes, having these like staple food sources and ingredients has made tracking a lot easier for me in, in the past and even now when we do it i've started i've gotten to the point where i know ballpark how much i need to kind of like make those numbers happen for me i know that a quarter cup of rice comes out to a half cup of rice it's pretty satiating for me like it's it's a it's a big enough portion size it typically fits well into my macros it's easy to make it's easy to spice up like yeah so that's been a big thing for me um this is something you and i argued about until we were fucking blue in the face and it's fine weighing your food raw. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So yes, to be the most accurate, weigh your food raw, whether that be like your chicken or your potatoes or your veggies or your sauces, whatever that looks like. At the end of the day though, consistency is key here. So if you are going to weigh it raw, you have to always weigh it raw. If you're going to weigh it cooked, always weigh it cooked.
0: And the reason my like why I'm like I'm hesitant to weigh things cooked is because cooking processes are different. The amount of water in a certain ingredient is different. So like for myself personally, like you said, like the ideal way is to weigh it raw. And the way I like to do it is to weigh it raw because then that way I know exactly how much I need to factor in, right? How much water gets cooked out or whatever.
1: Overcomplicates it. Over
0: overcomplicates it. Weigh it raw.
1: Just weigh it raw. That's the standard. Um, I'm actually going to, if you follow us on Instagram and or TikTok, apparently that's a land we are venturing into. I'm actually going to show you how we do this hack today um, on the Instagram, but we'll talk about it anyways. Something that we do, and this works extremely well for us, Mm -hmm. is if we are making a big batch of something, like typically for meal prepping, we will weigh everything. So if, say our chicken, so I know today our batch of chicken is 1,154 grams and we will write that on the board because it's raw and we will divide it by eight because what happens is once it is cooked and seasoned and all of that shit and it's in a big bowl, I will just divide the cooked and final product of that by eight. And evenly distribute it because I instead of weighing out every single individual meal and trying to finagle, pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. We know at the start of our cooking, we had eleven hundred fifty four calories, or grams. Sorry, eleven hundred fifty four grams of chicken, and the weight of that is going to change as we spice and cook and season and all of those things. We know that that's going to change, but the amount of chicken that we have is not going to change. So, weigh it raw, do all of your cooking then divide it by how many meals you're going to do, it just makes this so much easier. We do that with potatoes, we do that with the rice, we do it with everything. If you're making a big batch, weigh it first, then divide it out by the portions after. That has changed so much for us, because we oh. used to freaking weigh everything, and it and was just a
0: fuck. And you just fly through the, the meal prep process once you have all your numbers and then you just need to divide it evenly
1: yeah it's so much
0: easier that way and even
1: if it's one or two grams off one way or the other at the end of the day you are going to intake that amount of food regardless Like nope. if you spread it out over a week it's gonna round itself out totally absolutely so do you have any other trip tip trip, mm-hmm.
0: tips or hacks
1: <laughs>
0: um i this is not really a tip or a hack but i cannot stress enough the importance of just buying things in bulk yeah it's easier on the wallet and it fills your fridge your freezer your deep freeze it fills it to the brim and then you have options right you have a number of options to like you know you're gonna have steaks you're gonna have chicken you're gonna have fish it's all gonna be there you don't need to go to the store and figure it out and then Get sidetracked by, like, oh shit, like frozen pizza's on sale. Like, I'm gonna get me six of those, right? Having that stock, having that, um, having your pantries and your, uh, freezer full is going to allow you to succeed later on. So,
1: falls into that planning perspective.
0: Plan, plan, a- plan ahead. And planning starts at the very bare minimum, which is your grocery shopping. Have a plan when you go to the grocery store.
1: Big facts, big facts right there. Yeah.
0: Okay. And my little chef's tip, be adventurous with food.
1: Ooh, this is important.
0: This uh, Boiling a chicken breast, having white rice, and steaming some broccoli, if that's your jam, by all means, fill your boots. But don't be afraid of the kitchen. And this is coming from someone who learned the hard way how to cook, right? I learned in the kitchen. And when you have someone yelling at you orders, like, you learn pretty fast,
1: right? But this goes into like having our staple foods too, totally. right? Like realistically on a regular basis, we eat rice, frozen veggies, and tuna steaks. That's one of our go to yep. home meals. That sounds bland as fuck. Yep. But we spice it up. Yeah. And it, it means that we don't get tired of eating the same thing and yep. gives a little bit of creativity for yep. share. You don't have to be Chef Mike to make food
0: taste good. No. I mean there's like there's Pinterest, there's all recipes, there's the Food Network. There's a tons of there's tons of resources and for the most part those recipes are easy to follow. Like don't be scared to fuck things up. Right? And if you have
1: to sacrifice a couple calories to make sure your food tastes good, do it. It's a couple calories. It's a, Yeah. Like, if it means that you add a sauce into it and it's 30 calories of carbs to make your meal taste good, yeah. do it so you don't get bored, yeah. so you don't get set off track sure. because you're craving something that actually tastes good.
0: But if you guys are actually listening to us, you'll know that we can manipulate some things by going on our daily walks, doing a little bit of extra activity throughout the week. Up your neat. I, up your neat. If you guys add that extra little bit to spice up your food to sauce it up to to (laughs) was that to zhuzh it up like (laughs) like if you add that extra little bit it shouldn't make a difference if you guys are following your workouts getting getting that high intensity getting that resistance training or that high intensity and activity throughout the throughout the week and getting your steps in on the daily it shouldn't matter
1: it won't matter
0: it won't matter you guys will still be on track are you done yeah i think
1: so all right guys that was a lot of information dumped into one i hope it clarifies some things i hope it gives you guys a bit of a boost i don't know what else to say about it that's all i got
0: that was a lot to unpack that was so much yeah and thank you guys thank you guys thank you guys i cannot stress that enough thank you guys for tuning in every week following us letting us know you guys are listening Um, And even DMing us, like there's, we, I cannot emphasize how much I appreciate seeing photos of you guys with your earbuds in, fucking listening to us and catching up with every episode. Snuggled in with
1: your hoodie, like in a corner listening to us, that's our favorite. Hell yeah. And
0: if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or even criticisms, our DMs are always open. This was a heavy, loaded topic, but we hope you guys take something out of it as we do every week. Um, and if you guys need more clarification, absolutely, by all means, let us know. DM us.
1: Last but not least, as always, please like this podcast. If you actually enjoy it, give us a follow. But if you could share us on your show, social, media, social media, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaways. Um, we're changing it up this month. We're all out of our village gift cards, so we're spicing it up this month. So we just appreciate you guys letting the world know that something that we have said has resonated with you so share us let your friends know because it's probably my favorite thing when a random person who I didn't think listens to our podcast comes up to me in a hallway and they're like yo I listened to your podcast and I was like you did what you know they're like yeah I saw it on so-and-so story and I almost cry every single time and
0: if you guys could and we would, would really appreciate it Take three seconds out of your day after listening to us and give us that five-star review on Spotify. It just helps us be more visible. It gets our name out there. And it helps us helps reach our message to much bigger populations. So with all that said, thank you for tuning in. We will catch you guys on the very next episode of RL Talks.